Hey, welcome back, Amanda. Thanks, Suze. Always good to be back. Wasn't going to miss this one. This week, we return to the Overlook Hotel and see the long-awaited sequel to The Shining called Dr. Sleep. She's Amanda. I'm Tuesday. And this is Whiskey and Popcorn. Okay, so if I remember correctly, you read the first book, right? So I read part of The Shining, but I was, like, way too young. <laughs> and I either got, like, too scared or I couldn't understand what's going on. But I gave up pretty quickly. Uh, I've not returned to it since being, like, a seven-year-old. Um, but I've seen the movie, like, 100,000 times. I've seen the documentary about the movie. And I've read so much about the lore that I feel like I've already read the book. I know what happens in the end, so that's good. I feel like all of us are too young to read Stephen <laughs> King. <laughs> it's true. Um, it's fair. <laughs> uh, I can honestly say I have never read a King novel, which makes me basically a horrible person, but I fully acknowledge that fact. You know, I forgive you. There's still time. You could start tonight if you want. How many? Doesn't he have like tw- like 30 books? <laughs> There's like 100 million books. Um, I read Pet Cemetery this year. Very scary. I don't know what else I expected. So it doesn't get less scary? No. Awesome. No, that's spooky all around. All right. So disclaimer, this podcast will have spoilers to the end. But Dr. Sleep follows adult Danny Torrance after some trauma from the Overlook Hotel, a battle with alcoholism, just like his father. And then as a sober adult trying to keep off the quote unquote, the shine. Yes. Just assume that we're always quoting the shine when we say it. Yeah, it's always in quotes like We're also following a tribe of people that King calls the true knot, and they feed off of a steam that people who shine produce, and it's only when they're being killed and tortured can they receive this steam. Yeah, so So, they always say that, like, they they feed off of screams. Yeah, so, like, like the worse the murder, the more steam steam that they get. So it's super fun. Mm -hmm. And the stronger the person shines, the more steam that they produce. So that tends to be younger uh, kids, um, as as Rose the Hat says, you know, before they get on Paxil and all that other stuff, um, the shine really shows. So... They're actually going across the country hunting young kids when they sense the shine um, coming off of them. And we actually are introduced to a young girl named Abra who shines almost brighter than Danny ever did as a kid or even now. So how about we check out the trailer? When I was a kid, there was a place dark place. They closed it down and let it rot. But the things that live there... They come back. Not many ride the bus this far north. You're running away from something. for myself, I guess. Hi. 
You can hear me. You're magic. Like me. Full acknowledgement, uh, like I said, I have not read the books, so I can't really speak of any, like, discrepancies between the two. Yeah. But with that said, Amanda? Yeah, so the big thing for me is, I mean, obviously this is the movie version, like the movie adaptation that King hated the most. He was very vocal about how much he thought Kubrick did not understand the point of The Shining and he hated the movie The Shining, like even so much so that he made his own like mini series in like the 90s about like on television. It was not very well received. The ending of The Shining, the book written by Stephen King, The Overlook Hotel Burns Down. In the movie The Shining by Stanley Kubrick, it doesn't. And so in this movie, Dr. Sleep, which is also a book written by Stephen King as the sequel to The Shining, we go back to The Overlook. So I want to know if in the first book it burns to the ground, what do we do in the second book? Because like the whole movie is about like trying to get back to the Overlook Hotel to like harness the energy in order to like defeat the true knot and rose the hat. But like didn't we burn it down? Yeah, so like if that whole player is off the the board, there's got to be like more characters, there's got to be like so much more going on. Well, <laughs> and when we're talking about the house, like I don't even see it as being necessary for them to go. I mean, yes, you had to ultimately kill Rose the Hat and you can do that with all the evil that's there, but like really I could have just watched like the first 70% of the movie and been totally fine. Like it could have stood on its own as its own entity as a movie. But the second we got back into the hotel, it was like, oh, like, so are we just redoing Kubrick or? So that, that's like a, such a good point. Cause I was thinking like after we walked out of the movie, I was like, well, all of my favorite parts of the movie were clips from The Shining <laughs> that they just put in this movie. And I was like, oh, no, that's not that's not a good sign. But it felt like this, like, difficult balance between being an homage to Stephen King and an homage to Stanley Kubrick and trying to please both sets of fans and trying to please both creators and their versions of The Shining because they're so different. And it kind of got stuck in the middle of, like, Here's some King stuff, now some Kubrick stuff, now some King stuff. And it didn't feel very coherent. Yeah, no. And there's going to be a group of fans that's just not going to like it. And so if he had really gone gung-ho of like, this is going to be very Kubrick-esque, or this is going to be my own adaptation with the help of King, or, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever it was, he should have just done 150% that direction. Yeah. With that being said, ultimately... I actually did really like the movie. It did its job. It scared me. I was nerve-wracked. I had to go home and have a nightcap. Like <laughs> Me too. That's the thing is, is, I mean, we can nitpick and butcher this movie all we want, but when it comes down to it, it's just a good horror film. Yeah, I, I think, yeah. It, it's difficult because this movie for the rest of forever is always going to be compared to The Shining. And that's an impossible thing to live up to. The Shining is one of not only the best horror movies of all time, but it's one of the best movies of all time. It's one of the best movies made by one of the best directors of all time. Like, And trying to create anything that it's like, and then that part two, kind of, like it's, it's never going to get its fair shot. Um, but you're right. Like, I mean, 
I was spooked. I jumped a couple times. There were some dark scenes where I was like, oh, I, I don't like what's going to happen next. I can feel it coming. That all is great. But I'm probably never going to watch it again. Like, if I never see it again, I won't be like, wow, I'm really missing this in my life. So not like the million times you've watched The Shining. Yeah, like The Shining, I, like, I think I watch it like a couple times a year. Like, every time you watch it, something different is scary. Right. Where I feel like this movie, I'm like, okay, well, I feel like it has like a layer of predictability to it in the end. Where you know eventually, like, you know, Danny's probably going to win. They're probably going to kill the lady. Where in The Shining, like, there isn't a... I mean, there is, of course, Jack Torrance, but, like, there isn't, like, a big bad. There isn't, like, a clear enemy that you have no emotional connection to whatsoever that you want to see dead. Right, because you got dad going after him. You got ghosts going after him. It's just, like, that's poor kid. Yeah, <laughs> but you're right. The movie is extremely entertaining. It was really good. I enjoyed Ewan McGregor's, per- like, portrayal of adult Dan Torrance. I thought that was great. I thought there was, like, great... Um, there was a great message in Dan becoming an alcoholic, just like his dad did, just like Stephen King did when he wrote this book. That's like a big conversation. Um, and I, I thought that those little things were a really great note. And I think he did a really good job. And even the times where he was, you know, quote unquote, Dr. Sleep, the times where he's in the hospice hotel and he's talking to people as they're as they're ending their lives and the cat that comes and sits on their bed. Like those were some of my favorite parts of the movie that were completely original, mm-hmm. but that isn't most of the movie. But like you said, if they had gone like 110% in like just this original direction, maybe it could have been more of that kind of movie. And totally. I may have enjoyed it more. So yes, I agree. McGregor was amazing at just being that like awkward older version of Danny. Yeah. Um, which was great. And then we also had our new character, Abra, who uh, actually seeks out Danny for help to uh, run away from the these crazy true knots that are going after her. Um, and she was amazing. I don't know if I've seen her in anything else. I don't but, think I have either. But she stood her own. I, I think that she did very well. Yeah, I thought she was a great addition to the um, the series, if you will, and the storyline. And, you know, this whole thing has to be about kids in the end. Um, because like you said, and like Rose the Hat mentions, like that's who shines the brightest. And I mean, what a metaphor right. <laughs> for like all of that yeah, stuff. Before we scar you. Yeah, yes. exactly. And like she can't control it and she can't like turn away when she sees that kid get hurt and she can't ignore it like Dan tries to tell her. And she has to get involved because kids want to save the day. And like that's the best part about kids. I think she is a great addition to the story and it really moves the plot along beautifully. And you have like another relationship um with Danny uh you you can see Danny really relating to her as a kid because this happened to him as a kid too. Right, very much how the executive chef or the manager who owned or ran the kitchen in the hotel very much took Danny under his wing. We kind of get that exact version for Danny in this one. Yeah. Which was kind of, it it was nice because at one point he said, like, you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to um, pay it forward at some point. And this was, that was clearly Abra and 
getting back into all the mess that he never wanted to see or experience again. Yeah. But had we like not gone back to the hotel and it had just been like that story, it so could have just stood on its own. I completely agree. Um, I mean, like I said earlier, like the parts that were reminiscent of The Shining were my favorite parts because The Shining is one of my favorite movies. But I think that made the movie weaker. Okay, yeah. Like in the very beginning when we saw a kid playing young Danny and we saw a different woman playing Shelley Duvall's very iconic portrayal of Danny's mom. Um, It really took me out of it. And it was difficult for me to believe that like Ewan McGregor and this version of Danny as a kid and then Danny in the original movie are all the same person. Mm -hmm. It kind of felt like when you watch like a true crime show and they're like actor portrayals of like the story that's going on. Like the recreation. Yeah. (laughs) Where they're like, here's someone who kind of looks like him. And they do that in a few different places because like you're not going to get, you know, Jack Nicholson to like come back and play this role and you can't, but you can't not him have him in the movie if you go back to the Overlook. So it's this whole kind of conundrum that they stuck themselves in that really like detracted me like it like removed me from the story a little bit well and cgi can only do so much yeah absolutely (laughs) um so something that i immediately said when we walked out of the theater Mm -hmm. and you and i were uh kind of chatting afterward it was like i feel like i understand the shining less not the movie (laughs) but like the act explain this to me (laughs) yeah like the act of shining so in the first movie you're like okay he has a telepathic connection to halloran that guy can shine too. We don't really understand what it is. We know that the um, we know that the overlook is haunted. We know only Danny can see it, and we know that it's making um, Jack and Le- Jack Nicholson crazy. And that's kind of you just kind of accept it at face value, <laughs> and you're like, this is a great scary movie, and I'm terrified, and this is what's going on. And then in the, the in Doctor Sleep, it felt like they were like. Here are all these examples of different ways you can shine and different people can shine in different ways and it's telepathic but it's also I can be in your brain while you're in my brain and now my brain is a library and like all these things where I was like I don't understand what's yeah. going and on. Now, you can manipulate people yeah. and like like all of a sudden it becomes like, like an like, alternate world. Right. And like I like Abra looked into the perspective of the kid who was being eaten by the true knots, like as it was happening. And I don't know if she meant to do that or it just happened to her, but all of a sudden she was like involved and then Rose the Hat could see her watching them. And I'm like, what? why? <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? And I understood like the blackboard and like talking, but like we never got a true explanation as to why Red Rum came back. On into the wall again. It was just trying to bring back The Shining, and it was unnecessary because. And like, if they can, if Abra and Danny can shine telepathically into their heads, why use the blackboard? Right. Like, I don't understand. It just like didn't. It added so many layers that it made it too muddled. Some of these things that are like, you know, extraterrestrial or supernatural or things like that, sometimes just being like, it's like this. You got questions? Don't. Like, this is just how it is. <laughs> and like, some movies do that really well. I feel like that's the best- so Kubrick, though. I know, which is like, just keep it as it is. <laughs> it just, it felt like it didn't need it. Um, 
because now I just have like so many more questions than I had before. <laughs> and I didn't want this movie to give me more questions. I wanted it to answer some questions. And it didn't. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. But with that being said, if you just want to go see a scary movie, it's totally worth seeing. Oh, you should absolutely go see this movie. I am, like, so glad I saw this movie. I was really looking forward to it. I didn't feel like I wasted any of my time being in that movie. But you need to remove yourself from The Shining before going in, which is really hard because they kind of throw it in your face 100 million times. But as a standalone, it's good. Yeah, totally. You almost, like, don't even need to watch The Shining to watch Dr. Sleep. They kind of explain it to you. Yeah. Although I totally watched The Shining the day before we went and saw this because I was like, (laughs) it's been a hot minute. I'm going to rewatch it. Did you feel like it was helpful? I did. Oh, that's good. So maybe I'm wrong. Don't listen to me. But I also haven't seen it a million times. (laughs) That's probably true. (laughs) Have you seen the documentary? I have not. 237? It's like all the theories. It's so good. Of course you've seen that. So I definitely think you should see the movie. The movie's really good. It's like a good time to go see this movie. Um, It's a good, you know, use of a couple hours of time. Everyone is really great. Ewan McGregor is awesome. This little girl who plays Abra, she's incredible. Totally. Um, The kid who plays um, the one who got eaten, the, the baseball kid, is also the kid from The Room. Um, which is like something I noticed. I was like, oh, I know that actor. He's so great. Yeah, he's been popping up in a lot of places lately. Yeah, he was also in that uh, Seth Rogen show. Uh, Good Boys. Yeah. Yeah, in, in the Good Boys movie. But yeah, he's definitely an up-and-comer uh, that- And did great in the and show. did wonderful. Yeah. So I definitely don't think that it's like not worth seeing or bad. I was entertained and like- Sometimes you just want to go to the movies and get entertained. Yep. Sometimes you don't want a Shining where now you have 40 years of conspiracy documentaries <laughs> and like there's whole classes on like what did Kubrick mean by this one shot and like things <laughs> like that and like not every movie needs to be like that and that's fine. And no, I liked completely. it. I, it does make me want to read the book though. So if that was Stephen King's intention, it worked. Yeah. Good job, <laughs> Stephen. <laughs> All right. Now that I'm feeling scared again, can we have a drink? Yeah. So I am really bad at figuring out drinks for these movies. It's just something I'm not in the practice of. I'm not a regular host. I've only (laughs) been a couple times. But I'm going to say when I came up with this one, I was like, good job, Amanda. So my drink that I'm going to have after this movie is going to be a shot of Jack Daniels. Oh, I get it. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Danny. Okay. Um, (laughs) And you too, say. And for me, um, usually the quickest way to get me out of being scared is a very nice shot of fireball. Oof. Chilled. That's... Of course, I'm I'm not an anarchist. Uh, you know, <laughs> like it's going to be a chilled shot of fireball. And also appropriate to the ending of the movie. Oh my gosh, right? There you go. Woohoo. <laughs> so. We both did good this time. <laughs> All right, well, thank you guys so much for listening. Go see Dr. Sleep. We both enjoyed it. I definitely would say we both had a good time. Um, Make sure you follow Whiskey and Popcorn on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And subscribe to listen to all the episodes on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And we will see you at the movies. Bye.